the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praising. This is Pastor Pearson of Word Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray it's being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called being imitators of Christ. Jesus Christ is the person God the Father wants all of us to imitate. The Bible calls him the firstborn of many brothers. The firstborn are supposed to lead the way so that all the other brothers that follow also go in the right way. He's the one who's supposed to show all of the other brethren who follow him how to represent the Father correctly. Because without him, we won't know how to correctly represent the Father. The same way that Jesus represented the Father is the same way that we're supposed to represent him too. That includes in our conduct, in our speech, and in all our actions too. We're supposed to be imitators of our Father and Jesus will show us how to do it. So let's learn some more so that we can successfully be the imitators of Christ like God wants us to be. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Being Imitators of Christ. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here he comes. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, he said, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new and all things are of God. Who have reconciled us to himself and have given us the ministry of reconciliation. I told you I was coming back to it. Now, a lot of times when we think of the ministry that God gave us, we be wanting to open some ministry someplace. We just want to get a card and put our name on it and call ourselves Shekinah Glory uh, Mopping Services and whatever. You know, praise God. And we just, and, and, and just want to call ourselves having some kind of ministry or something. Can I talk to you? The real ministry that he gave every one of me and you is to live a life that is so reconciled to Christ that other people want what you have to. Because Jesus, who is all of our example as a minister, was the word. He just didn't have the word. And God wants to reconcile our lives to his in such a way where we have this life before we tell other people about this life. In fact, in fact, in fact, you're supposed to be able to live it so tough. Somebody say, how tough? That you can preach the gospel without opening your mouth. That you never have to use the word Jesus one time in your life. But they'll be able to look at your life, both you and your wife's life, and they'll be able to see Jesus. They will cry out his name, Jesus. They'll cry out his name, Jesus. Why? Because your life cries out his name, Jesus. It's wonderful that we can do it up in here. We all get juiced up up in here, but can your life do it? To the point when they look in your life, they see this is what a, this is what God is about. 
when they look in your and, and listen to the words that come out of your mouth, they say, now that's what God is all about. Is anybody here? That's the ministry of reconciliation. He's called me and you a ministry that comes from a reconciled life, a life that's been lined up in or and lined up with what God has in store for you. This is good teaching right here. Praise God. I don't know if you know it or not. Turn with me, please. Praise God. Over to Colossians chapter one. Hallelujah. God wants us to reconcile our lives to the point that our lives are then used as a ministry of reconciliation. So we'll be able to live this thing out in such a way where people say, oh, that's what I'm talking about. Y'all think I'm making this up. Praise God. Old Testament, OT. Come on, let's go back OT for a minute or two. Praise God. In the Old Testament, remember, remember, remember when Noah's rain came, when the rain came in during Noah's time? God was flushing all the sin down the toilet because this world had turned so wicked, it had turned so crazy that people was doing all kinds of stuff. They was like, God said, enough of this. I'm flushing the toilet and I'm starting over. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so then he had Noah. Praise God. Go out and preach righteousness to the people. Preach. And then he created an ark. The ark represented salvation, salvation, our salvation in Jesus Christ. In such a way as when you get in, you saved from the wrath that's about to come. And the wrath came down from heaven. Praise God. That's why it rain dropped and stuff like that. It came from the earth because the earth is going to help tear it up too. And then it came from heaven too. Praise God. And it, it just, it just, it just, it was jacked. Well, 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 right after all was that, all that was over, God gave uh, Noah and his crew you know, his family, that's all they got in the boat. Eight people. Praise God. That's why people look around and say, Pastor, there should be more people up in here. I don't know. Noah preached for 100 years and he only had eight members. Praise God. I, I, I don't know already. I'm definitely doing pretty good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anyway, praise God. Hallelujah. Because more folk don't want to hear than hear what it is that's, that's right. Are you listening to me? I understand that. Praise God. Young preachers understand that. You, I know you got your eyes of thousands of people around. Those are going to be the people that run. It's only going to be a few that's going to stay. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Hallelujah. Anyway, anyway. Going back to my point. Right after that, praise God, he had told him, he gave him commandments. He said, now be fruitful and multiply. And then go across this world and, and replenish the earth. He told him to replenish the earth. But remember, right after that, that's when we ran into the story of the Tower of Babel. Or Babel. Depends on what Bible school you went to. Tower of Babel. Why is that? Because there was a people of one language, one speech, who was moving, stopping, starting, going where God wanted them to do, but they made up something else than other than what God said do. They wanted to make a name for themselves because self kicked in. Self always changes the mission. The mission was to go spread abroad across the world. They wouldn't scatter abroad across the world. They wanted to build one place. Even try to put a tower there just in case would they disobedient themselves. You know, we try to make up, you know, uh, 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 contingency plans just in case we sin. Praise God. We got contingency plans and stuff like that. Don't get mad at me while I teach real good. Praise God. That's why they was going to build a tower up to the heaven. Because they figure if he rain again, we're we going to all jump in the tower. And then we won't have to worry about it. Stupid. God can cause the rain to come up out of the tower. Praise God. But anyway. 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 After then, he came down and scattered their languages. Spread them out across all the world. Who did he spread across the world? Who did he spread across the world? I only got so much time, so I'll answer you. Praise God. A disobedient, gainsaying people. A hard-headed, disobedient, gainsaying people who did not do what God told do. So right after that, God called out one man. His name was Abram. And told him, get thee away from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. He called one person out. He said, all I need is one person. And what he was going to do with that one person, he said, is that I'm going to show the world what it's like for a person to have God in their life. Right, amen. That I'm going to bless you so much 
that it will cause them to want what God, what, what you have. Because they're going to see what happens to you and, and want what they what, wanted to. That's when he created the Hebrew nation. That's when he called the Jews. That's when he, who we now call the Jews. That's when he created the Hebrew nation. That was a nation that was set apart unto him. Praise God. Who were going to rule like him, operate like him. Are you listening to me and conduct themselves like him? God always does that. God calls out a people to be able to show the rest of the gainsaying, naysaying, hard-headed, stiff-necked people what's it like to have God in your life. Because I'm going to operate through one person. Their life is going to affect everybody else's life to the point that the rest of the world will want what you have too. God's doing the same thing in the old as well as the new. God then, when he did that, he separated us out just like he separated out Abraham. And he wants to bless us. He has already blessed us by allowing us to become part of the family. That's why our name changed just like his name changed. His was Abram and it became Abraham, which meant God got all up in the middle of him. And our name changed. We became Christian because Christ got up in the middle of us. Are you listening to me up in here? But now he wants to use our life to be able to show everybody else what that life is supposed to be about. Colossians chapter one. Now I'm about to read to you out of the book of Colossians. The theme of the book of Colossians is Christ is our sufficiency. He is all that we need. He is our everything. He is all that we need. So I'm about to read a passage here from the concept, from the book that teaches the concept that Christ is all that you need. Can I put a pause button right here just to make sure you don't get lost in what I'm about to teach you? If he's all that you need, why are you going back to the world to try to live your life? If he is all that you need, why is it you're trying to imitate the world and have their life? If he is all that you need, why are you still trying to stay with your father, stay with your, in your kindred, and stay in your old land and live like they used to, and not come out and separate yourself to live like I want you to? Are you listening to me over here? Because if I am your all-sufficiency, you won't look any place else for everything else. You only look in every place else for everything else because you don't see me as your sufficiency. And a lot of folks don't think that life can be sufficient in Christ. That's why we're trying to be like the world. We're in Colossians chapter one. Ooh, this is going to be some good stuff. Let's start with verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, that's what the Lord did for me and you. He made peace between God and us. Excuse me, between us and God. You know, as a result of the blood of Christ. Praise God of his cross. By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him to reconcile. That word reconcile right there means reconcile fully. I love a God that likes to do stuff completely. God is a God that likes to reconcile fully. He's already started to work in you. Philippians chapter one, verse six tells you that he's going to complete that work that he started in you. But at the same time, God likes doing stuff fully. Everybody say fully. Fully. See, a lot of us are satisfied that our life is a little better than it was before. God said, but it ain't fully reconciled because you got some things that are like me, but now you got still some things that are not like me. And God's coming to us to finish the work and make it fully. Is anybody hearing me up in here? And notice this, and having made peace through the blood of Christ, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him. I say whether they be thrones in in earth or thrones in heaven, all things. Now, when he says all things, that means everything, everything. God wants to reconcile everything to himself. Everything includes the way that we live our lives. Everything includes the way we live our lives. Uh Uh-uh, that's talking about us. That's talking about us. Okay, 
It says, and having made peace through the blood of Christ by him to reconcile all things unto himself, I say whether they be thrones in earth or thrones in, or things, in, things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes. Now see, and you. See, the you is down here. The things is up there. That's because God's concerned about you and the things that you do. God's concerned about you and the life that you live. God's concerned about you and the life that you live. Now, I know there's all kind of people that's going to teach you that God don't care nothing about that. That it don't matter what you do. Everything's already all right. You align your breath state. God's concerned about you and the life that you live. Because remember, he died to be able to give you a life to live. So he's concerned about the life that you live. And he wants that life to be reconciled unto him. Not reconciled unto everybody else. Not reconciled, because they're not your sufficiency. Reconciled unto him. Because everybody trying to get their life like everybody else. We're trying to get our lives like our boys. We're trying to get our lives like our friends. Work, work with me now. Some of us are even trying to get our lives like our pastor. No. Just unto him. Because he is the one that died for you. He is your all sufficiency. He is the plumb line. He is the measuring rod. He is everything. Are you listening to me up in here? And he the one that dropped the plumb line from heaven and say, this is the life that you're supposed to live. This is the life that I did give. And now I need you to line up with this. I don't care if everybody else is leaning. You straighten up. I don't care if everybody else ain't doing it. You do it. I don't care what the rest of the world is doing. I pulled you away from the world. And I said, I want to use you to be able to show them what it's like to have God in your life. I told you I would bless you. And I told you that I would call and make your name great. And I told you that I would bless all the nations of the earth through you. So don't tell me nothing about them. Is anybody hearing me up in here? (laughs) He said all things unto himself. See, when Jesus went to the cross for us, he didn't only expect to reconcile us to the Father, but he intends also to reconcile our lives to him too. He don't only intend to reconcile us to the Father, he intends to reconcile our lives to the Father too. Then he keeps on uh, 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 talking. He said in verse 21, and you that were sometimes alienated, of course that word were is past tense, because there was a time that we all were sometimes alienated. And enemies. We were sometimes alienated and enemies. That word sometimes means at some time. Afore. Ever. There was a time back afore that we was like that. It also translates in times past or once, as in once upon a time. There was a time, once upon a time, when we all was tripping. I said there was I said we all, so you can go ahead and say, man, praise God. There was once a time when every one of us was tripping. That was before Christ. We was all bugging out. Now, I'm going to give you God's estimation of it, though. God's estimation, verse 21 says, and ye that were sometimes alienated, that word alienated means estranged away, estranged away. Passively and figuratively, it means to be non-participants. This is deep. To be non-participants. Why is that? Because there was a time, a time passed, that we were alienated, estranged away from God and non-participants with God. And the godly lifestyle that comes from being with and in God. We were alienated and estranged, non-participants with God. We were not participating with God. God's all about blessing. We was all about messing. God was all about being able to be able to make things right. We was trying to find wrong to do. Let me speak for myself. You don't want to say nothing. 
I was trying to find wrong to do. Praise God. Hallelujah. But God said there was a time back way back when, once a full time, when you was tripping, when you was estranged from me, living a life that was all strange from me. You wasn't a participant in what I did. And enemies in your mind. Enemies. That word enemies right there means hateful. Hateful. Now that's deep. Because that, that was back then. That was back then. Back before we got born again. God said, I'm talking about God, you know, the one that know everything and is right all the time. He said we was hateful in our minds. Now that makes sense to me because God created a binary world. Everything is either off or, it's either right or, it's either full of love or hateful. And God said, if you love the world, the love of God isn't in you. And if the love of God isn't in you, and if you're not full of the love of God, then what are you full of? Hate. And God says, there was a time back then before you got born again that you were hateful in your mind towards me and about everything about me. I know I was. Maybe you wasn't. I was. I would mock the church, mock the people of God. I, I laugh at the people of God. I, go, I went to church for two reasons, or well, three. One reason, because my mother you know, wanted me to go. Number two, because she would allow me to go to the show if I go. Because back then, you couldn't go to the movies unless you went to the, to the church. So I, and I love to go to the movies, so I went to the church. Praise God. And number three was to laugh at the church people. That's all. Laugh at the church. Well, four. Four sometimes. Because once in a while, one of them old blue-haired ladies would bring their granddaughter. Praise God. And they had like a fine granddaughter, so... You know, so I might, you know, but I didn't go to church for that. I mean, that was, that was like, that was a byproduct just in case one showed up. Praise God. But amen. But the other three reasons was the real, none of them was for God. And I'd mock the church, laugh at the church because I thought the church was foolish. For real. I mean, when God come and told me it's time for me to go to church, I told God, I'm, God spoke to me. He told me, he said, boy, it's time for you to get in church. Woke me up. And I said to him, go for what? Ain't nothing in there but lames and hypocrites. That's because that was my idea of the church. I just mock them. I just joke. I, I talked about them like dogs. Well, why is that? Because I, I, I wasn't impressed with the church. I wasn't impressed with the people of the church. I'll tell you about it later. Praise God, I wasn't impressed with them. Hateful. Actively, that word enemies actively means hostile. Before we were born again, that's according to God, who's right all the time, is the verbiage that he uses. We were hostile in our minds to God and, the, and godly life. We, we was hostile toward it. We didn't want to have nothing to do with no godly life. Once again, let me speak for myself. I didn't want to have nothing to do with no godly life. Go to church for what? Live godly for what? This is fun. I enjoy this. Got old enough to drink legal? Oh, see, that's an automatic. Get enough to lay, play, and go see other people do it too on the day? Because then once you hit an age, you can go watch anything? You can watch folk fornicate right on the screen in front of you. Y'all don't, don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. And I'd watch it because I'm an adult now. And, and it's the opposite of everything that God says. Let's just keep reading. He said we were hostile in our mind. As a, that word hostile, enemies, means hostile. But as a noun, it means adversary. We were adversaries in our mind to God. Adversaries. Now, that's what he called Satan back in 1 Peter chapter 5. We ain't going to turn there. But over in 1 Peter chapter 5, he said, we have an adversary, brother and sister, who's trying to, who, who's trying to stop us from moving forward into what God has in store for us. The word adversary is talking about an opponent, 
as in a lawsuit. I think that's deep. God uses, talks about what was going on in our mind, the same as he used the same word that he used to talk about Satan, an opponent, as in a lawsuit. Now, in a lawsuit, praise God, there are two lawyers, one trying, each trying to win the case, trying to make the other one seem wrong. By winning, they got to win their case by making the other one seem like they're wrong. Like, that's not the, what you ought to accept. This is what you ought to accept. And that's what was going on in our mind. It was an adversary up in our mind that every time we would hear about the things of God, something would go off inside of us to be able to justify why we shouldn't be like that. Justify why we shouldn't do that. Justify why we shouldn't go to church. Justify why we shouldn't read our Bible. Justify why we shouldn't until it just shows that you're wrong because I'm an opponent to you. That word opponent, praise God, also is talking about uh, a person who is on an opposing side. Like, for instance, the, in, the, the NBA final, I mean, uh, fi- the, 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 the conference finals is going on right now. Praise God. What's the way with two teams in the West and two teams in the, in the, in, in the East are, are struggling to be able to see which one is going to go be able to play the other team so that they can be able to see who's going to be the last team standing, the champion of the NBA. Praise God. Spurs. Praise God. And so, and so they, they, you know, other teams are fighting. I, I saw somebody back there from Florida saying, you know, no, I don't know about all that. That's all right. You're still going down. Praise God. Amen. Anyway, if you make it. Praise God. Amen. And so, and so the point of the matter is, is opponents go. See, when opponents go, they try to stop you from scoring, stop you from winning. They try to stop you from being able to, you know, uh, step into what you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to do. Well, see, there's an opponent inside of us. God said, back before you was born again, there was an opponent on the inside of you who was trying to stop you from winning and living a victorious life that I intended for you. So that every time I would try to tell you about what to do, you'd be like, I don't need to do that. That's just too much. I don't think of that. I don't don't know about all that. In fact, that same one works in the church too. Praise God to be able to come back to you with all kind of teaching to get you to question what the man of God is saying and question what the word of God is saying. I don't know about all that. I'm going to pray about that. You don't don't even pray. Shut up. Quit lying. Only time you pray is over your food. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyway, that's enough teaching, but we ain't got time for that right now. Praise God. We was hostile in our mind, adversaries in our own mind. Now, that mind right there is talking about your deep thoughts. I'm talking about your deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. These ain't the surface level thoughts. These are deep. This one, the ones that's like right back here, right under that hook back there. It's the deep thoughts. This way back here. Because see up here, this kind of stuff that you just brought in for now. This is the stuff that really tells you how to live your life. This is the real one right here. This is the one, these are the thoughts that you operate on when you leave the church. These are the ones you operate while you're still in church. Praise God. Amen. These are the ones that do it after you go. Who are you talking to? And say, calling out letters of the alphabet and putting them together and stuff like that. You know, that's that thought back there. That's the real thought that controls you. And God said, way back there in that thought, you was hostile against me before you got born again. You was hostile in your mind. And he says, we, 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 we read it, you know, that you was hostile in your mind, verse 21, by wicked works. Now, the word works right there means deeds or doings, deeds or doings, which means our deeds and our doings uh, were hostile. Because remember, all of our deeds and doings are based upon what's in our mind. Because see, as a man thinketh, so is he. And so we had works or deeds or doings that were contrary to what God said. In fact, he called them wicked, which were hurtful. That's what that word wicked means. It means hurtful. Hurtful deeds hurt people. That includes the people who do them and the people who are affected by the hurtful deeds that are done. It hurts both. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you are blessed with what the word of God had to say. I hope that you've seen that it's true 
God really does want all of us to be imitators of him. Oh, yes, he do. I hope even more that you're inspired to do what God wants all of us to do. That is, be more like him so that we can walk and talk like he wants us to do and thereby have and enjoy the awesome life that he wants us to live that can only be lived when we're more like God like he wants all of us to be and do. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to send it out your way right away. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed when you do, and we will too. I've got something for you to do this Sunday evening. Sunday is New Year's Eve, so we invite all of you in San Antonio and surrounding areas to join us for our New Year's Eve service so that we can bring in the New Year's together in the house of God, praising God and hearing what He has planned for us in this new year to come. So come on and join us at Word of Faith Christian Center, San Antonio, Texas, on New Year's Eve night at 9.30 p.m., where saints from all over San Antonio and surrounding areas will be coming together to praise and worship God in celebration of the year that He brought us through and the new year that He has in store for me and you. There's a wonderful reception now to follow the service where those who choose to remain can continue to celebrate together, dining divine and enjoying the new wine of the Holy Ghost. The IP transportation service and child care are available for this too at no charge. So come on through. We'll be glad to see you and your family in the house of God, giving God praise too, just like he wants all of us to do. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word to have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.